Mitchell's back, and Johan Oviedo, who was one of the young players that the Pirates acquired for the Cardinals in the Jose Quintana trade, he'll be up as well in time for the game tonight. And that's it for September call-ups. For anybody who doesn't know, the rules have changed. Good morning to you. Good Friday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Pirates. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or hockey. I also offer daily shots of Steelers and Penguins where you found this. This is the second year that Major League Baseball is expanding September rosters only to 28 players, not 40, as had forever been the case in the past. And the trade-off there in the collective bargaining agreement that was somewhat uh, acrimoniously agreed upon this past spring was that the rosters in the regular season would then be up at 26. As always, it's something about owners versus players. So the days of having everybody get in a van and make the trip to the big league club are long gone, in case you're wondering why it's just two guys. However. That shouldn't stop you from wondering why the 26-man roster is the way it is right now going into this final month, because I sure am. In fact, in fact, if you go back over this entire woebegone season from beginning to a couple days ago in Milwaukee and that series that I just covered out there, the single most maddening thing that occurred all that time, the single most inexplicable, indefensible thing that occurred in all that time was Ben Charrington's bizarre insistence on cluttering his own roster up Bad players who had no future here. I don't have an answer for this. I don't have an explanation for it. I have asked him about it. I haven't gotten an answer or an explanation that would make any sense to you either. Others have asked him about it. I have yet to hear anything that made sense. What you'll get back is, well, we looked at so-and-so's record and we saw some things that we liked and we feel like if we get our hands on him, have you heard that term a lot? We get our hands on him, he's going to be able to maybe bring this or that out and you know, we'd like to see what he's got. You do this as a GM in the first year of your tank. Let's call it what it is. It's not a build, it's not a rebuild, it's a tank. That's what happens. You plummet the payroll and you Get rid of all your players who are worth anything, trying to build up prospects so that they'll come up together. And along the way, you do go fishing for players who might become something that'll get you even a little something on the other end in the form of a trade. Most unfortunately for Charrington, either he and his staff can't identify these people to save their lives, or they don't have instructors, a manager, and coaches who can bring the best out of them. Or worse, yep, both. This portion of Daily Shot of Pirates is brought to you by our friends at North Shore Tavern that's directly across Federal Street from PNC Park. It's home of Steak on a Stone, 
an eating experience, underscoring the word experience. The steak is brought to you partially cooked on an 800-degree stone, and you do the rest. It's a ton of fun, it's a great meal, and it's a baseball atmosphere like no other in Pittsburgh. North Shore Tavern, right across Federal Street from PNC Park. So here we are now in year three, and they not only kept coming, they continue to keep coming. It's waiver claim after waiver claim after waiver claim to no end, to no end. If you go back over Charrington's history in Pittsburgh in bringing in these guys, especially position players, especially alleged hitters, you will find that there's a success rate of 0.00. There have been a couple of low-priced free agents that have panned out nicely. Ben Gamble comes to mind. Michael Chavis is a nice pluck. There have been a couple of catchers who've maybe exceeded expectations while being granted all kinds of opportunities since Roberto Perez was lost early in the season and no real attempt was made to replace him. But that's it. That's it. Everyone else was a zero. In some cases, like our man Kevin Padlow, it's a literal zero. Like, he actually was here for, what, 12, 13 plate appearances and had zero hits. And now, here we are in September. Tonight, against the Blue Jays, representing the first game of September. And you're still looking at this roster at a whole bunch of... I don't want to keep mentioning Josh Van Meter. It's starting to seem unfair to him. They don't even play him. He's just on the roster, and either Derek Shelton has said, listen, it's me or him. I'm not playing this guy anymore. Or he's just hanging around because he could pitch the ninth inning of a 20-run game. But tell me, please, what is the benefit to having him here and having Travis Swaggerty, former first-round pick, age 24, in the minors. I mean, I'm not saying Swaggerty's the be-all and end-all. I'm not saying that Swaggerty's even necessarily earned his way up here, although he's done some good things in Indianapolis. I'm saying it just makes no sense to have the other guy here and this one down. He's not the only one down there that you could put into this scenario. And Van Mater's not the only one up here that you can put into that scenario. I, it's, I, I, I don't even have words. I can't finish this segment. It makes no sense. It just doesn't. This is a smart guy for real, my friends. Charrington's a smart guy. And he has, I'm going to keep saying this no matter how much blowback I get, he has a good overall plan. He has the right plan with which to build up this organization. He just doesn't seem to know how to move from one phase of it to the next. This phase that he thinks he's currently stuck in, he doesn't need to be in at all. It's time to change that. How? I have no idea. Continuing today's theme when we come back, J1Q.
producer Mike who asks, is Kevin Newman playing his way into a role on the 2023 team, even if he doesn't start? He's a huge upgrade over the Josh Van Meter, Yu Chang, Kevin Padlow type utility roster spots. Man, what a strange case Newman is, though, because Newman's been this team's best hitter over the second half. And while I understand and respect that that's damning the dude with faint praise, it is nonetheless accurate. And Newman's not all that old. You know, this is someone who's 28 years old and he's not all that expensive. And he's not necessarily somebody that you would write off in the current context, is he? Because he can catch most everything. He can do it at short. He can do it at second. They've had him taking grounders at first, which led me to believe that you were going to see more of Rodolfo Castro, maybe bring Diego Castillo back. Uh, Hoy Park could come back instead of these guys that you're talking about and see more of them. But this is one of those cases where I would side with the field manager in utilizing Newman. I'm going to give you an example here because it was a pretty powerful one just a couple of days ago in Milwaukee. It's Tuesday night, and Rodolfo Castro goes out and has just an outstanding game. A couple of knocks, turns the beautiful game-ending double play, and I do mean turns, and show up at the ballpark the next morning, and hey, he's not in the lineup again. Now, they do these lineups in advance, and they do them to an extent as a community, meaning that the GM is involved and there are certain things that they want to see. The last stroke on the card belongs to Shelton, but again, it's not a unilateral call. Castro is not on there, and Newman is. And my first reaction was probably the same as yours was. And you go, what? Seriously? What are you doing? Da, 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 da. And I thought about it a little bit, and I thought, you know, Newman didn't play at all in the game last night, and Newman's been going pretty well. What you don't want to get into the habit of doing, whether you're a manager or a head coach in any sport, is punishing the guys who are doing well. And I know, I know. Castro, great game. Castro has had a nice 10-game run offensively as well. Newman's been doing it for a second half of the season. And you don't want to set some sort of general tone in your clubhouse that performance won't be rewarded. Or worse, and maybe more specific to what I'm describing here as it relates to Newman, that performance will get outright buried. Does that make sense? So to answer your question, finally, do I think Newman has a future here? Yeah, they, they hold his rights. They can keep him. And I don't think he's going to be breaking anybody's bank in the process. He's also not exactly the, um, the bad soldier type. O'Neill Cruz comes along, takes his position, and hey, that's that. Cruz is your shortstop. I don't think anybody would dispute that at this point. And anybody who's still discussing whether or not a six foot seven guy can play the position just isn't watching the games. Newman, yes, can be part of this. That is my answer to your question. And I would commend the manager in this case for making sure that he stays engaged with that process. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Pirates. And by the way, if you're heading to the ballpark tomorrow night for the Pirates Hall of Fame game where they're going to have Maz and a bunch of other guys, Dave Parker's going to be there, the first class of inductees, 
I want to let you know, based on something that I heard from the club while I was out in Milwaukee, that you're going to want to be there and in your seats at around 6 p.m. to be safe. First pitch is 6.35. Don't think that you can show up like 10, 15 minutes before and see what you want to see. If you want to see the truly great players from this franchise, and I'm looking forward to it myself, make sure that you're there and in your blue seat by 6 p.m. Let's do this again Monday.